So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Welcome to episode 13 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, and today we have with us Carrie Smith of CarefulSense.com, and we're going to be talking about managing the, the money side of your photography business. Carrie is a fantastic resource to talk to about money management within your business because she has been where many of us are or will be soon enough. That is moving from your full-time secure job into being your own boss, going full-time with your photography business. Carrie has mentored thousands of other freelancers on debt management, business finances, and ultimately designing a business that revolves around your life and and to earn a living without compromising your beliefs. Without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, Six Figure Photography audience, uh, for tuning in today. Um, I'm so excited to jump in here, get a chance to talk with Carrie Smith. Carrie, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to, to talk and jump into um, chatting with everyone. Absolutely. Is the weather as crummy uh, in your neck of the woods as it is here in Columbus, Ohio? Well, I guess it depends on what your definition of crummy is, because, I mean, they, ours is like, like a little snowy and kind of melty, so it's kind of sloshy, so that could be crummy, but that, I like it. That sounds terrible. That sounds <laughs> that sounds way crummier than what I'm dealing with. Uh, we just have a little a mist of rain. Uh, anyhow, Carrie, so careful sense. Uh, this is your blog. This is your education site. You've got a lot of really great stuff going here. And I loved uh, digging through your blog and and uh, and reading all these. I mean, you've got so many amazing posts out there. But tell the audience a little bit more about careful sense and how you got started into this whole thing. Oh, man. So it was one of those things that so I've had my blog for four years and it started out as one thing kind of morphed into another and it kind of looks like it is today. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily intend for that, but the journey has been really fun and uh, very, you know, educational as well as like me learning things and helping others to learn, too. So basically, um, my blog is a resource that helps freelancers launch and build successful client-based businesses through meaningful relationships. So um, a lot of freelancers just get in for the money or, you know, they want to provide for their family, which is great. And that's one of the reasons I started, too. Then you get into it and you really want to, like, develop relationships and, like, have a 
a business that's you know has long-lasting potential. Um, I call it a future-proof business. That something that you can rely on for for years to come. That builds a really solid reputation. Um, and of course, my background is in accounting. So I was an accountant for ten years. So I talk a lot about the business side of it. You know, the finances, the the money, retirement, things like that, to get your business up and running as a freelancer. Nice. So, uh, what would you say? I mean, you probably have a, a, a ton of. Uh, different uh, entrepreneurs coming to you, running all different kinds of businesses. Do you feel like you find yourself talking to more of a of a certain type of business than another? Uh, I do. I talk to a lot of freelance writers, um, freelance editors, as well as like virtual assistants and and photographers as well. Like I have several uh, really awesome photographers in my private community. It's called the Careful Sense Club. And um, a lot of you know web designers and stuff too. So basically, anyone who has some sort of online business, or you know, they put their portfolio online and they connect with clients either face to face or virtually. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, in all of your time, I mean, you're you're hearing from and, and you're 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 connecting with with all these entrepreneurs, and they're coming to you for help. I'm sure with various things. Is there is there one problem that you kind of see most frequently as you're talking to to entrepreneurs, to these uh, freelancers, to small business owners? Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest mistakes that I have made and um, a lot of other entrepreneurs make is they get caught up in viewing the client as the boss. So they have like 17 bosses Mm. and they answer to all these different requests and deadlines and everything. And, you know, it goes under that category of sort of asking for permission. So one of the things I tell people is you are the boss. They are the client. No more asking for permission. You know, let them know what you're going to do. Let them know what time you're showing up. Let them know the process. Give them the contract. You know, all that stuff so that it puts you in the position to have more control. And uh, that's really what I like to help other freelancers and entrepreneurs do is take the control back from, you know, the client. Even though clients are awesome, but essentially work is abundant, so you can go work for anyone. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to work with them, so it kind of puts that you know you back in the driver's seat. Yeah, I love that, and it's something that I think a lot of photographers, in particular, uh, struggle with doing this because I mean the photography industry, for starters, is is clearly like this very service based thing, and then then you stack on top of it. Um, I mean, for myself as a wedding photographer, it's this very important day and the bride has all these expectations and, uh, I think we struggle with telling our clients no. Additionally, um, it's, it's, uh, wedding photographers, I feel like we've over, maybe, maybe we've over romanticized the (laughs) the gig a little bit as well. And we're wanting to give like this super polished, uh, amazing experience and bend over backwards at every step of the way to make our clients want to rave about us. I mean, what are your thoughts with that? Do you have any words of advice, you know, to a wedding photographer out there who's, who is currently, you know, trying to, uh, to do every possible thing um, for the client. I think it's important to set boundaries. So, you know, like determine what you want to give, you know, so as far as like something you're willing to compromise on or what you want to give more of and and only do a certain amount of that, you know, like trying to go above and beyond in every single area not only makes it confusing and quite the headache for you as a photographer, but also for your client, the bride and, you know, the family and everyone else. So, you know, have additional perks or bonuses or awesome things that 
they may not know about in the beginning, you know, so you can reveal them later and make them an awesome experience, but not everything, <laughs> you know, so maybe like setting the boundaries of, you know, three or four things that you're willing to do or concede on or would love to um, help with more. And then just like, the, you know, explain like these other things are not on the table. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things I want to talk about today uh, has a lot to do with finances, mostly because it's it's something that you're an expert in, <laughs> and I want to I want to utilize this time wisely, uh, and because we, you know, we're we're just like any other, um, you know, freelance. Uh, you know, business in that we have this irregular income. We have we have uh, busy seasons and then dry seasons. And for a lot of us photographers right now, we're entering into like this this dead zone of like December through like May, mm-hmm. where we have very few clients. Uh, and I think a lot of us are you know we kind of are panicking on the inside. Um, and so uh, I think too, if I can speak to the six figure photography audience in particular. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the listeners here, uh, they're currently working a day job and they're they're building this business on the side. They're they're trying to get more and more photography work so they can eventually go full time with it. Or maybe they're just starting out and they're trying to build this client basis up. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to leave that security of your day job and then pursue your dreams. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to like be this full time uh, business owner to be your own boss. So, what kind of goals would you have in mind for someone if 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 they're full time, if they're wanting to go? Or I'm sorry. If they have a day job and they're wanting to go full time, do you have any goals that that you really encourage people to have in mind before taking that leap? I can totally relate to the, um, you know, balancing your side hustle with your day job because I did that for two years, actually, working at my accounting job while I was doing my blog and my online business. Um, So one of the goals that I started out with was, you know, do you have a quit date? You know, like when you want to quit or maybe you don't want to quit. I mean, I didn't expect that I would quit. I was actually just going to try and balance it, I guess, forever. It's not a very good plan. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, do you have a quitting date? And and how far away is that? And then, like, you know, trying to get to a point where your side hustle or your soon-to-be, you know, full-time freelance gig it eclipses your day job income. You know, so, so trying to replace that, how long it would take to get there, um, you know, and then also having some money in savings to sort of back up that transition plan. Um, you know, so for me, that looked like I needed like $10,000 in savings, which unfortunately I didn't reach because of stuff, but <laughs> life stuff, you know. Um, so I started out with about 10 k because I knew I, I needed at least three months uh, to give myself like a cushion so it would be able to survive, you know, for three months without having any income with that figure. And then um, building up my day job income, sorry, my side hustle, you know, to eclipse my day job income. And, um, it took about six months to do that, you know, so having a timeline and then I ended up quitting my job four months later. So it took almost about a year from when I started to when I actually quit and was able to provide my own income. That's awesome. I, uh, just a couple of notes on that. I love how you call it your side hustle. Like, <laughs> I think that's a great name for yeah. these, <laughs> for your side job, <laughs> your side hustle. Anyhow. Um, so, and one of the things that you, that you just spoke about here that I think is, is really helpful is having very clear goals. Um, like actual, maybe it's actual dollar amounts, but like very clear objectives. I think a lot of us, maybe because we're creatives 
and um, and we're not thinking in these ways. We're just kind of thinking to ourselves, I uh, once I get this thing to this point of success, then I'll quit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what is what does that actually mean? <laughs> this point of success, or uh, and I think it's really helpful to have very clear, very clear goals in mind. Like I love what you said, 10k in the bank. Um, you know, like an actual quit date that you're gonna that you're actually gonna be, be moving forward on. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I was reading on your blog and I was reading a little bit more um, about your backstory and it, and it seemed like for you, um, this kind of ease into uh, into your side hustle being your full-time <laughs> job, uh, it, it wasn't a luxury that you were afforded. It seemed like things just happened, life occurred, right? And, and you found yourself, uh, I pretty much just like, Uh, your side hustle suddenly was it, you know? And so I think there's a lot of people who, who may be in over their heads. Life has just happened and, um, and they've taken the plunge and they're kind of looking at this next year and and thinking to themselves, how the heck am I going to do this? I have, I don't have 10 K in the bank to save, you know, I've got debt uh, stacked up. I've got mouths to feed, you know, what the heck do I do? Do you have any encouragement for that individual? I do, actually, because um, I, as you said, I didn't have the luxury of seeing all my plans come to fruition, which I'm sure most of us don't. (laughs) And um, I, you know, of all people working in the accounting world, knowing, you know, like the finances and the numbers and having plan and all that. And life was just like, that's great, Carrie. We don't care, you know. And so sometimes you just have to roll with it. And which is a, a really awesome thing that for step one is that you already have, you know, a photography business or a clientele built up to some extent that you can fall back on. So you sort of already have a plan B in place. So that gives a little bit more of, um, you know, like comfortability, less risk and all that. Um, So I had my side hustle for two years before I ended up quitting my day job. And that in itself is a really good accomplishment. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, number two is like I only saved up $7,000 to my 10K plan. And I had to take on some debt, so I actually paid off all my debt two years prior to quitting. And then I had to take on some business debt, um, like 3000 to get my venture started. So if I'd have had that 3K, you know, 10K, whatever difference, I would have been better off, we'll say. But it still didn't hinder me to reach my goals and to launch my business and to do what I wanted. So, you know, today I've been doing this for four years, two years full-time. And it's still giving me the opportunity to be the breadwinner for my family and have a really successful business. You know, for for me, success is different than just numbers. But for some people, numbers may be their success mark. And um, you can definitely start from anywhere. I mean, I wanted to put family and my, my social life and my health as a priority. And being a workaholic in the accounting world, taxis and all that, those things were sacrificed for 11 years. So I knew that I was giving up money in order to have a better balance of life and health. So um, for, for me, that meant success. And so you do have to offset some, you know, and sacrifice some things to reach your goals. But um, it's definitely doable. And I wouldn't change, you know, the way that I did it or the time or anything because I learned a lot. And it really helped me get to where I am today. Yeah, for sure. I think that too. Some some of the things that tend to happen in these situations, whether we're we're just trying to get um, started, where we maybe we, again we already have the security, and so we're building our little side hustle, or again we're we're just kind of thrown right into it, and we're just trying to make it work. 
um, the solution for us is just like to work uh, longer hours, uh, harder, tell more of your family and friends, no, I've got to get stuff done. And uh, I think one of the struggles with that is um, I think that there's a time and a place that uh, <laughs> that sometimes you just have to put in the extra hours. I get it. But we almost become like fixed on that or addicted to it or that becomes our only mode of operation. And so do you have any advice as far as building a life that doesn't revolve around just like constantly um, work, 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 work? I mean, is it possible to build your, your side hustle without, you know, um, forfeiting your, your family and friends? It definitely is possible, but I will preface it by saying it depends on your timeline, you know, so you can make it short term, you know, like you want to get this done or reach this goal in six to eight months or 12 months or something. And you'll have to know that the sacrifice during that time will mean, you know, like scaling back on uh, social events and relationships and things like that and letting your family know um, so that you can reach these goals and then, you know, have a short period of time that you'll, as you said, like just work all the time and put in those hours. Um, or you can create like more of a long-term lifestyle, which is what I, you know, teach other uh, entrepreneurs to do where I'm not just doing something short-term and trying to reach a goal. I want to create a lifestyle that's more balanced. Um, and by balanced, I mean basically the pendulum just swings back and forth and you just kind of have to go with it. Um, I don't know if there's a real balance, but you learn to to figure it out for yourself. And so you're able to create something that's long-term and that you can stick with. You know, same thing as, like, if you're on a diet or if you're trying to pay off debt or whatever, you want to set up, like, lifelong habits. And so um, that's what I do, and I know that it's, you know, a uh, marathon, not a sprint. And so that's how I've chosen to create my business. Now, I will say that I did sort of sprint a bit when I was paying off debt and trying to get my business, you know, the footing underneath of it and things like that, but... I had a specific timeline, and after that, I really scaled back, and I really took the time to invest in other areas of my life, not just my business, because I've been investing my business for over a decade, and it my career was, was it had enough attention. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So something that you you brought up in there that I that I kind of grasped onto was even just the the idea of, of like managing expectations and, and communicating to to your friends and your family, <laughs> like like explaining to them like in these in these seasons that you may have that like, um, hey, look, this next week's going to be a little crazy for me. I'm going to need to keep my head down, maybe stay an extra hour, or, or go into work early, and um, don't just expect them to like. Uh, read your mind, you know what I mean, and and sure. let them know when when that time is is hopefully going to be done. Um, I've just discovered just in my own marriage that you know keeping keeping my family up to date on on my world and on my workflow is just so helpful for them to understand the situation and the time that you need to to take. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, my husband and I are super supportive of each other. He's actually a private chef, so he's self-employed as well. Nice. And we have conversations all the time um, because it not only helps them understand those expectations and know, but it helps them be involved too, like be invested in your business and, and your work and, you know, celebrate wins with you and things like that. Um, so it is super important to communicate. Um, even with my in-laws and everything, I communicate with them because, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you're in photography or, oh, you're a writer. So what's your real job? 
and you're like, hmm. So you kind of have to let them know, like, this is my, you know, this is how I make a living. This is how I put food on the table. You know, things like that. And they really will understand and be able to support you then. And when you have to cancel or say, I can't do it this week, and then reschedule and say, but I'll get with you next week or block this whole time off just for us, they will appreciate it and understand it a lot more. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, on a further note, too, uh, you know, a huge part of our audience uh, are, are wedding photographers. That's my it's my career path is being a wedding photographer. And something that I that I find very helpful when I'm mentoring other photographers, and this gets back to your idea on on really creating more of a long term plan. Like, what is the life that you want to live? What is what is the role of your business? And and uh and how that relates then to your, you know, to, to like your free time. <laughs> and uh, something that I've put together is is a, a pricing calculator for wedding photographers. Well, really for all photographers that that you first have to answer that question of, of how, like, how much do you want to be working? And and based off of how much you want to be working, this is what you need to make um, per those events or per those per those gigs, you know. Um, anyhow, I'll drop a link in the uh, in the show notes here for that pricing calculator. But it, it, I think it can be really helpful for photographers who are trying to create that long term plan for their life of of really evaluating what do you what do you want your business to look like and what do you want your personal life to look like and creating a, an actual plan for yourself and then and then understanding if it's realistic you know and, and how you're gonna accomplish it mm-hmm. anyhow well okay so like I, I said earlier uh we have completely irregular incomes <laughs> and we're going into this off season right now and i'm even looking at my you know we just built a new home and and i'm looking at my uh my mortgage and the fact that there's no appliances in this place and bills need to be paid um and so what advice do you give to entrepreneurs, to freelance, uh, to freelance freelancers, um, in regards to balancing an irregular income? Do you mind sharing some of that? Well, I will say that it is a, and I don't want to say constant struggle, but it feels like it could be. And um, it's taken me quite a few, many months experimenting with my own money and my own variable income and everything like that. Um, so one of the things that I've uh, actually implemented is a lot of systems, you know, to to take not I wouldn't say take me out of the business, but take like the time suck that I have to put in out of it, so that you know a lot of the admin tasks are taken care of. And um, one of the things that I do is bill more frequently, you know. So and and somebody who works at a regular day job, they get paid you know every other Friday or whatever. So I bill that way. Um, you know, every other Friday or whatever to other clients that I work with and things like that. And that has really helped with cash flow. So, you know, cash flow is a really big uh, proponent of having a successful, like, entrepreneur business, photography business, whatever. And um, so being able to increase that and, like, get it coming in more quickly and things like that. Um, I do know, like, I have a photographer friend who she's amazing. And so, like, she, you know, asks for all of the money up front, like, you pay her now and gives a discount if you pay in cash. Mm -hmm. So that's a really cool thing that I was like, hey, that's really good that you do that. It's awesome. And then, you know, like I get a discount too because I don't have to like, you know, pay as much because I'm giving her cash up front. Um, You know, so things like that that really help with cash flow. Um, Another thing that I really like to do is uh, set my billing up automatically, like I said, automate it. And um, I'm not sure, you know, the different things that are available to 
to photographers, um, probably more on-site things. But, you know, you can use programs like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or something like that. And they'll automatically send reminders so you don't have to be like that that jerky person who's like, hey, I haven't been paid yet. Pay me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they do it for you and then it gets the money quicker to you. So things like that that you can put into place that will sort of help balance out that crazy cash flow. Um, obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, but it is good to have some sort of savings too, you know. So I have um, several different savings accounts related to my business, um, and I allocate them out. Like every time I get paid, some goes towards the taxes because you have to pay your own taxes. Um, <clears throat> some goes towards like conferences and meetups and things, so I have money for that for the business and, you know, different courses and education, things like that. So I allocate them out that helps when I need to put a big chunk of money out that if I don't have a, enough coming in that I'll have that back up in savings. And it just is like really small amounts every week, like 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. It helps alleviate that like roller coaster ride. Yeah. Something that, that you mentioned there that I kind of want to talk a little bit more about is, and I guess it just even got me thinking, um, wedding photographers, really all photographers, one of the problems that I think we really wrestle with is we, we become friends with our clients uh, in a lot of ways, really close friends, you know, it's, it's almost like the photography business model. It's like, Hey, befriend your client. It's like, yep. <laughs> that works. Uh, but in the process, then I feel like we're shy about money We're we, we like, we wince when we have to let the client know that they owe us money because it's like telling a friend, Hey man, you owe me, you know, you owe me six grand <laughs> and it's, mm-hmm. it never feels good. Anyhow. Um, and so I, I just want to go back to that because one is uh, like you got to get paid. <laughs> we we have to do it. And I like that you've created a little bit of this barrier between like a buffer between you, the money and the client and that like feeling of loss that the client is going to have, you know, uh, when they have to say no. And so um, maybe we can talk about that just a little bit more. So you're using QuickBooks. Um, to to have QuickBooks send out a, a payment reminder to your client. Is that correct? Yes. Actually, I use FreshBooks, um, which is similar, but I use QuickBooks in the past, and it just doesn't work as well for my kind of business. Um, but, yeah, it has an automatic, like, you can set it up for, like, a 7-day, 14-day, 21-day reminder or, like, a 15-day, 30-day, 60-day or something. And then after that, it'll start packing on, like, um, late fees and mm-hmm. things. So then, you know, like some of the freelancers that I work with, they've had where their late fee just kept going for like six months and then they finally got paid and they had six months worth of late fees that the person paid them too. So it helps um, to have like a program like that that can do it for you so you don't have to, you know, calculate it out. Yeah, for sure. Another piece of advice too that I would recommend is, uh, and maybe not everyone can do this, um, but we have have an office manager. We have a virtual assistant actually who... um, who handles a lot of our, our, um, our, our contracts, our bill payments. And, and to be honest, whenever there is, uh, whenever there is anything to do with money, we make sure that that email comes from them and not us. <laughs> like, yes. and, and it's honestly, it's as easy as just signing the email, um, you know, from the office manager rather than, you know, myself. And it just helps to kind of like keep those things, um, separated. Oh yeah. I was going to say that it's really nice to have, you know, somebody like a a virtual assistant or um, an office manager or anybody. I have a project manager and and just have her, you know, send them out or or deal with a client relationship so that they can 
quote, blame the CEO or blame the owner, <laughs> you know, for like putting pressure on to get paid. And it <laughs> takes that weirdness out. So yeah, for sure. I've thrown our virtual assistant under the bus so oh, many yeah. times. <laughs> so many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyhow, it's part of the role. Um, so actually, let's let's actually talk about virtual assistants here. I don't have to go on. I don't want to go on a huge rabbit trail. But for some of our listeners, they might not know what a VA is. I noticed that you've talked about VAs on the blog. Um, do you mind give our, our audience a better understanding of we, what a, a VA is and how that might be able to benefit them? Basically, a VA is somebody who, um, so it stands for virtual assistant. So instead of like a real life assistant who would like follow you around with like, you know, your planner and your, your smartphone and all that, they do it all virtually for you. So um, they manage your email inbox, they can manage uh, travel plans, reporting, uh, all of your like bookkeeping, um, you know, basically tons of different things, social media accounts, blog posts or, or updates for portfolios and you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and, and just to be clear, too, we're not talking like iRobot. It is a real person on the other end of the oh, computer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to make sure that our audience understood we weren't, like, outsourcing to robots here. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, definitely. It's a real person. Um, <laughs> I have a couple people who work with me, and they're actually members of my community and have been for years. So, yeah, these are real relationships with people who understand my business. Um, and it's really cool to have them take care of like the admin things because you know some stuff some stuff you're not good at or you just shouldn't be spending the time on and you know for me it's like design work or tech work or something and I'm like I just don't know how to do it (laughs) you know I shouldn't sit there for three hours trying to tinker around with it um you know so give it to somebody who enjoys it and who loves it and who is able to get it done quickly and that way it keeps your business running smoothly and you can do the stuff that you're good at and that you should be doing um so that's one of the reasons I really like it yeah, even as we're talking about, you know, the side hustle and and um, bring in the, the income that you need to go full time balancing in a regular income. I mean, for me, the benefit of a VA is um, I'm the one who is able to find the money. Like I'm the one who's able to find the, the gigs, find the clients, um, that kind of stuff. Right. And so anything that I can do that frees me up more and more to actually get out and bring in paying jobs is is what we need to do. And so to take off the, the mundane uh, tasks off my plate, and it's the tasks that have to be done. There's no way that I could stop doing them, but to have my virtual assistant pick them up. And and I guess what I want our audience to hear is, yes, it costs money to, to pay a virtual assistant, but I can make uh, you know 10 times the amount that it's going to cost me with that time that I now have, especially when we're talking about emails. I mean, Gosh, I, I know so many photographers that spend at least half of like every day just emailing and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I was going to say too, that, um, one of the things that I really like about my VAs is that they keep me accountable, you know, so they're, they not only do they offer all these cool services and help me stay on track and, you know, like you said, take over the mundane tasks, but they keep me accountable too. And, you know, they'll email me and they'll say, okay, Carrie, have you done this? I know you mentioned this and I know you had a timeline. How's it coming? And it keeps you um, on track, you know, so I like to use the analogy of like hunting and gathering. So yes, you're out there hunting for work, you're bringing in the bacon, so to speak, (laughs) and you're doing all this work, but you also need somebody who's there to cultivate and to, you know, to like water the garden and keep the weeds out and like keep it going. Otherwise you're just making, you know, hunting and not consuming and not, uh, you know, able to develop that. So, um, that is something that I really like VAs for is, is keeping everything running, but also keeping you accountable. Yeah. 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 And I will say too, that, um, I had, 
I've had uh, virtual assistants and assistants since I was even side hustling. So I do know that it takes money, um, but it's a really good investment in your time, especially when you're trying to find that that long-term balance and building a life-centered business. Um, so I was only bringing in like $2,000 a month on the side of my day job. And, you know, I would say like $250 a month was going to VAs and things like that. But to me, it was worth it because, like you said, you spend a lot of time working at your day job and then a lot of time working on your, you know, photography business or your freelance client-based business. And it can be very time-consuming. So you have to, like, weigh out the, the cost if that's worth it or not. And for me, it was. Yeah, so may I ask, where did you find your VA from? My very first one, um, I actually think she was a follower on Twitter. So uh, I put out on Twitter, like, I'm looking for um, a virtual assistant who can help me with, you know, XYZ tasks. And then ever since then, I've grown a a community of other, like, virtual assistants and freelancers who are growing their own businesses. And um, so a lot of times I'll just send out an email newsletter, and they just apply that way. So it's like a direct people who are already in my community, already signed up for my list, um, already read my blog type of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to even go back because you just spoke about something that I don't want to skim over, and that's just the fact that you had a you had a VA, you had help, you had hired out someone when this was just just in quotes, by the way, a side hustle, you know. And I yeah. I want our audience to hear that and to get motivated by that because so many photographers are just making the excuse of I don't I don't make enough money to to outsource my editing. Oh, that's just for you successful photographers, right? I don't make enough money to have a VA. Well, that's bull. And one of the problems that I think that we we find ourselves in is we've started these habits, we've started this behavior and it's five or 10 years in and we look back and we're like in the same situation that we've been in. You know what I mean? We're like, man, I told myself I was going to quit my job two years ago and I'm still here, you know? Um, and, and just evaluating where you're at more often and what changes need to happen. I just want to encourage people to evaluate where they want to be and, and, and where they're currently at, like at least every three months and, and make big decisions. Like I keep using this term thrash, but like thrash early and often and, and, and make big changes and fail and fail more anyhow. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with that. Um, I actually have a system set up for myself where I have quarterly reviews. And when I change something in my business or I'm experimenting, uh, I have a budget change, anything, I give myself 90 days. Then I reevaluate. I either cut it out or move forward with it. Uh, you know, take the hypothesis from the experiment and then go forward. So um, 90 days seems to be a really good, like, target time frame to try something out, um, you know, hire an assistant for 90 days, see how it goes, what you like, what you don't like, and then move on from there. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so I got to ask you this question. You've been at this for a little while. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known when when uh, Careful Sense first began? Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I could have, you know, 17 different things that I can answer <laughs> that question. Um, but I will say that one thing I wish I would have known is that it's not about the money. Um, it's great to have the money, obviously, but there are so many other things that you learn about yourself, uh, about others, working with other people, relationships and everything um, that you'll miss out if it's just for the money, you know, because money doesn't always equal the value. And so when you're looking for valuable relationships, which is what my blog is about, building a business around meaningful relationships, um, it really helps you build a 
life-centered business that repays you in other things than just monetary value. And um, I, I wish I would have known that in the beginning because obviously we all get caught up in like chasing the money and trying to be successful and whatever. And then you get there, which I did with my regular accounting career. I got to the point where I was, quote, successful and made good money, but I was very unhappy. And mm-hmm. I actually ended up going through a divorce because of money and career uh, aspirations that got in the way. So I wish I would have known that it's not just about the money and to sort of refocus your purpose. You know, what are you getting into this for and what are other things you can do besides just like paying the bills? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's something that I've I've often evaluated too for for my own life and for our business, for our employees. I mean, uh, this next year, um, you know, I'll be shooting like 10 weddings. And yes, I could shoot 40. <laughs> I could shoot I could shoot 50. I know photographers who shoot like 50 weddings. Um, but it's it's like at what point does it become uh, like uh, no longer effective? <laughs> like what's what is again, what is the point of our business? Is the business just solely there to to supply money or is it there to to allow me to spend a really great quality time with my family because I'm my own boss? And and I think it's just again when we talk about setting goals, like setting very specific goals. I think a very successful business, Carrie, this is exactly what you're talking about with your own. A successful business doesn't have to be one that even makes six figures. You know, the, the whole idea between uh, or about the six figure photography podcast and, and six figure photography education is is it's not necessarily about six figures, but just this idea of creating uh, an, an abundant life. And for some, an abundant life is about money. And for others, an abundant life is about a business that allows them to uh, to take Monday through Wednesday off and go to the zoo with their kid. <laughs> you know, anyhow, um, I digress. But I, I just, I, I wanted to just, uh, just, if I could do the little emoji of like the two hands in the air praise symbol here uh, for you, I would, I would do that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's definitely something that I had to like learn the hard way. And um, like you said, it's it's not something you think about. And some people, it's not success. Like that's not what success means to them, um, you know. But success for me does mean having more freedom and flexibility um, with my friends and family that I didn't want to sacrifice anymore. Yeah. Well, this is my favorite part of, of every single podcast episode. Um, I keep telling myself I'm going to get bells or something um, for a drum roll, but like action step. What is the one thing then, based off of everything that we've been talking about here, and I know that we've been kind of all over, but the one thing that you would encourage uh, the listeners today to go and actually do once they're done with the podcast, they get back to the office, what's one thing that they should implement, take from this, and do? I like the idea of telling listeners to go on a money date with Mm. themselves. Um, So whether that could turn into, you know, like bettering your cash flow for that irregular income, which we talked about, or um, maybe even having, you know, the ability to set a quitting date or, uh, you know, how much you need in your bank account and or hiring a VA. You know, all three of those things are um, things that we talked about that they could take action on. But I think the first step to all of that is go on a money date, you know, have some fun with it, evaluate where you're at financially with your business and your goals and, um, you know, get some ice cream or get some coffee or uh, some people, you know, get some wine, a candle, whatever you want to do, have a little fun with it and um, sit down and just like go over everything. Not super like 
crazy mode, you know, um, just have some fun with it. Write down what, you know, what your goals are and some things and where your money is um, and see where you want to go from there. So, so you said go on a money date. Um, explain that a little bit better. Like I, I've never heard that phrase, a money date. <laughs> well, it's something that um, a couple of, of other entrepreneur friends of mine um, and I do together like a little, not together, but like we have done it uh, that we came up to with together. And we just like to have fun with our money. You know, it's something that can get really stressful. And, you know, it, it, if you treat it uh, in the right way, it can pay you back instead of you having to always chase it. So um, I like to take myself out every Thursday. I go out for coffee. Sometimes I go out for um, ice cream, depending on if it's like the summer. And I just sit down and go over everything like what are the balances in my bank accounts, you know, bills, my credit cards. And, um, you know, like what's my client list look like? I do like an evaluation of my clients, how everything's doing and just kind of briefly go over everything. I do a much more in-depth like quarterly review, like we said. Um, but it's just something that gives you a, a snapshot of like, you know, what's in your bank account right now? What do you have projected coming in and what are your like goals? You know, how is this helping you reach those goals? Are you making progress towards them? Nice. It's like a responsible treat yourself day. I like that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah get through, through the money thing a little bit and you can get, you know, some wine or some, some pizza or, you know, something fun. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Gary, thank you so much for uh, for just joining us, um, for sharing all of your knowledge, experiences, uh, both personal and ones that you've learned along the way and uh, from, from other entrepreneurs as well. Tell us, where can people find you? Because you've got so many great resources out there. I just want to encourage the audience here to, to make sure that you, when you're done with this, go go find Carrie. Go, go find Careful Sense and take a look at her blog. But where exactly can they find that, Carrie? Thank you. Yeah, I've had a really good time chatting with you as well. And I definitely welcome anyone uh, who's listening and wants to check out my blog. It's carefulsense.com. And you can also check me out on Twitter at carefulsense. And I love to interact there too. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Gary, thanks again. Uh, the the blinds installation guy is wrapping up, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go say hi to him as he's about to head out the door here of our of our home. And uh, I just appreciate this. This has been great. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gary. Today's episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast is supported by Fundy Designer. Fundy is one of the most important tools for our business. We are able to design a 50-page album in 10 minutes with its patented drop zone technology and then proof and sell all inside of the same system. Find out more at fundydesigner.com. And by the Photo Booth Supply Company. Having a photo booth is one of the best options to consider when wanting to maximize profits and diversify your income. The Photo Booth Supply Company is hands down the best system available to photographers. It is simple to use, fully customizable, compact, and beautifully designed. Head on over to photoboothsupplyco.com for more information. A huge point I want to go back and just mention is how Carrie and I spoke about really knowing your numbers. When you understand what your numbers are, you can actually set very clear uh, goals for yourself. When you know what your numbers are, when I say numbers, I'm talking about know what you need to actually like live, to survive, to pay your bills, but, but not just live paycheck to paycheck. And then to actually make the amount that you need to charge accordingly. You guys, I've created a pricing calculator for everyone out there that will actually uh, help you with five steps to, to figure out what you need to be charging 
helping your clients. It works great for weddings, but beyond that as well, portrait photography as well. And so and take these five steps and it will actually give you the, the dollar amount that you need to be billing to your clients. Head on over to sixfigurephotography.com backslash pricing dash calculator. I'm going to have a link down in the show notes, but you guys take a look at this. It's a really powerful tool and will help to give you a very clear objective for this year. You guys, my name is Ben Hartley with Six Figure Photography, and we're going to uh, talk here in episode 14.